you'll find you get a whole lot more opportunities where they're asking you, hey, where can I put my money? Hey, what do you got for me? And it changes the dynamic because you're no longer perceived as a salesperson. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams. And today we are with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Seth Green, uh, the nation's foremost authority on growing your business with direct response marketing. What we're going to talk a little bit about today is how he's attracted tens of millions of dollars into his business. We might even get to talk a little bit about the Sharkpreneur podcast. Uh, Seth is the co-host of this podcast with uh, Kevin Harrington. And it's named after the number six listen in 2019. What does that mean? It's we named, named after this. We, no, no, no. We were na- it's named Sharkpreneur. Oh, okay. Kevin was on Shark Tank. Kevin was on Shark Tank. The fr- he was the original shark. And it was named the number six podcast to listen to in 2019. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So let's get into business. We're going to talk about some mistakes that everybody's making when they're trying to attract capital. They keep making these mistakes and it does, they're doing the effort, they're doing the work. And what's happening is they're actually repelling instead of attracting capital. And we're going to talk a a little bit about what they're really looking for and how to separate yourself so that you show that you're going to be able to deliver that for these passive investors so that they can raise more money in less time. Mr. Seth Green, what did I miss in your bio that you should be sharing with us right now? I've also written eight best-selling books. I'm currently working on book number nine. And I have been interviewed on CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, been in Inc. Magazine, Forbes Magazine, and a million other places. <laughs> a million, that's a lot. All right, maybe not a million. A lot, <laughs> a lot of other places. Cool. Well, I'm excited because uh, based on that you're appearing on CBS, NBC, ABC, that you have eight eight best-selling books, that you're uh, partnered with Kevin Harrington on this podcast, you know a little something about marketing and branding. In fact, your your website is Market Domination LLC, right? MarketDominationLLC.com. That is correct. All right. So- Not subtle. Not subtle at all. Um, All right, so let's go here then first off. Um, There's a lot of people that listen to my podcast. And many, many, many of them want to syndicate deals. They want to syndicate. They want to raise capital. But they're doing it all wrong. They feel like they've been trying to do this for months or even years. And they haven't closed the first deal yet. They haven't um, really gotten the traction that they want they've seen other people perhaps start after them. And now all of a sudden those other people are speaking on stages that they both used to sit next to each other in. So crazy. How do we fix this? Absolutely. So they're doing it wrong. It's not their fault. They don't know. There's no real raising investor capital school, so to speak. I've had the good fortune. I started in financial services 20 years ago. I've been raising money ever since, whether that was investment capital to invest in traditional stock bond mutual fund type portfolios, whether that was raising, being a marketer and raising investment capital for our clients, because that's a significant chunk of our business is marketing to raise capital, whether that was raising capital for Kevin's portfolio companies, 
or recently Kevin and I started two other companies, one of which was working with the largest financial newsletter publisher on the planet and helping raise capital for some of those deals. So I think um, between all of that, we've easily raised over $100 million over the last seven years. So we've got some street cred when it comes to that space. I think if we take a look, the you got to think of it from the investor mindset, right? We think our deal is fabulous, but it everyone approaching these investors and trying to raise money says the same thing. They're promising returns, they're promising cash flow, whatever it is. We all look the same to them. If they get 20, 30 deals a month or however many they get, they all look similar. Everyone, no one says, I'm going to lose you money, write me a check, right? Everybody, that'd be refreshingly honest. You might get a couple deals that way. Everyone is, is promising the moon and they don't know how to tell us apart as entrepreneurs seeking capital or um, whatever syndicators. So I think we got to work backwards and we got to start at the absolute beginning and say, what is it that makes you different? Because in our view, the number one marketing center is being boring, looking just like everyone else. If I can take your deal, swap out the pictures of what the apart- rendering of the apartment building, slap somebody else's label on it, their logo on it, and everything else is pretty much the same, maybe the deal terms change slightly, again, they can't tell you apart. So I think it's really important to figure out what makes your deal unique or different. That may be the actual property. It may be the people involved. It may be you. It may be some structure, but you, it may just be the way, way you package it. But it's got to look unique because we get so much information. We're inundated every single day. So I think it's like 10,000 messages a day we see now. So your brain, your reticular activating system is purposely trying to filter stuff out. So the investor is immediately looking for something they can use to discount what you're saying and say, oh, I've seen that before. That's not, that's not going to work. That's not true. I can reject it. They're trying to repel you. So you've got to have something that's going to cut through that clutter and make them go, oh, I haven't seen this before. Maybe I should look further. So I would say being different is probably the biggest thing holding those folks back. Their deal looks like everybody else's. They haven't packaged it differently. And that's why they're not getting the attention and the capital they deserve. Awesome. Is there anything in their messaging, um, just maybe when they're speaking to people out there that they're making a mistake on? I'm sure. Absolutely. So for example, we talk about what is a magical marketing proposition, an MMP. And that is your one sentence answer to a question. The question is, why should I do business with you as opposed to anyone else who does what you do, including doing nothing? Because they don't have to write anybody a check. They could sit on their money wherever it is now. So I think it's really important to be able to answer that question. So for example, um, we had someone who I said, you know, what's your tagline? What's your slogan? What's your selling proposition? Oh, I, I protect your peace of mind. And I said, you could be a burglar alarm company. You could be a financial advisor. You could be an insurance agent. I have no idea that tells me nothing. But after we analyzed that guy's client base, who he liked working with the most, and what their fears were, what their pain points were. Um, this was an, a couple of years ago, back when Hillary was the front runner. Um, we rebranded him, and his answer to that question became, I help conservative sportsmen protect their nest egg from Hillary Clinton. Now, all of a sudden, when he's at the hunting lodge or the country club, and someone says, what do you do? And he says that, A, they immediately say, how? I want to know more, or they run away if they're Hillary fans and they're offended, and that's okay. He needs to, just like your folks do, repel the wrong people because there are wrong investors for your deal who are going to drive you crazy. 
and there are the right investors. So he immediately repels the wrong people. The people who are conservative sportsmen afraid of Hillary are attracted to him like a magnet. And it totally transformed his marketing when he branded himself that way. He no longer wears a suit and tie to work. He comes in camo. That's what he likes to wear because he hunts a lot. So I said, well, you can't have pictures of yourself in a suit and tie. They'll expect to see you in a suit and tie. If you want to be the guy in camo, the very first thing they see all the way through, whether it's the Facebook ad to the website to the snail mail, all has to have you in camo and brand you as like the hunter's investor. And he's like, oh my God, that's awesome. And now he wears camo to work. That sounds really cool. I like that. That makes a lot of sense as well. Um, and, and, you know, Right before our meeting today, I was, I was on a meeting talking about drawing your line in the sand. And it's basically what you're saying. I, I use this story, and I can't get into it because it takes like five minutes just to tell the whole story. But I, I tell the story about a caveman who was a member of the only tribe, figured out what fire was, and, and the leader – it didn't want fire at all, so he had to draw his line in the sand. He had to say, you could be in that tribe or you could be in the second ever tribe for cavemen. And I, I want to hear the rest of the story. I'm going to go back and listen to it because that sounds like something awesome that I could use. Great. And so what, what, what ended up happening is there's, there's some people that, that they wanted to go with those conservative thoughts, those, those yes. traditional thoughts. And there's other people that were like, this fire, that can, it can save us from this. It can save us from this. It can help us with this. Um, we're on. And so because he drew a line in the sand and, he's, and he showed that you could be either there or here, he, he was able to get half the tribe over to his side. And you don't need half the tribe. You just need people who resonate with you. And Camo Man, yes. it, it's like most people would say, no, don't do anything with camo. Don't show your tattoos. Right, don't it's not swear. Professional, right. Don't cuss. But if you, if you are just who you are and you just stand out, there's going to be people that resonate. And Absolutely. I bet you that and makes – There's no other financial advisor I've ever seen in 20 years who has himself in camo on a brochure or a report or a website. It, precisely. So, yeah, it's like what you were saying with one of the make mistakes is not standing out. Now he just found a way to stand out. He's going to repel a ton of people, but the people okay. that are on his side of the line yes. are, are all in. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. They love him for it. They come to the office wearing their camo too, and they're like, I always felt I had to dress up when I went and met with my broker or whatever, and you I get to talk hunting with and stuff. And he has a hunting blind, and he has acres of land, and he literally takes people hunting for client appreciation. And they like compete to generate as many referrals as they can because the winners get to the, like the top three winners get to go hunting with him. Really cool. I like that. I like that. So that's, there's a few mistakes. Let's just go into the part where we want to discuss just what are investors typically looking for? What do they want to know? What do they want to get out of it? Um, and basically how are we making our messages um, going forward to make sure that we're attracting them? Absolutely. And my business partner, Kevin Harrington, has a whole thing called 10 Steps to the Perfect Pitch and a whole training course on that. I won't give away his store, um, but I will share with you, if you put yourself in the investor mindset, they get bombarded with opportunities, everything from Bitcoin to real investments. Sorry, Bitcoin is real, but in real investments every single day. So there's the question of how, not only how are you different, 
What are you offering? How are you going to deliver it? What is your track record? Who else is involved in the deal from the delivery standpoint? What other investors have put money in with you because we're birds of a feather that makes us flock together. And if we see someone else that we might know or recognize who has written you a check, we're more comfortable giving you a check. How, what is going to be our ROI? How long is it going to take to get it? I mean, you've got all of those questions, but I'll give you an example that I'm pitching for um, a four four and a half million dollars right now of investor capital for a separate company that I own. And I have done some research on the organization that's going to be doing that funding. And we found out what their mission is, what their values are, what charitable endeavors they're a part of. And I, instead of leading the pitch, with a scattergram uh, or a return chart or pictures of the investment, which is what every other person pitching them is going to do. Mine specifically starts with a story about my daughter, uh, my middle child, who is 11 next month, and how she and I had been trying to win a dance contest that happens every two years at this father-daughter dance that this organization sponsors. And so I'm going to use that to talk about perseverance and preparation and persistence and some of their values and how it's not really about the return that they're going to get out of this investment because everybody can deliver in this category a similar type of return. We don't have any secret sauce. There isn't any. It's all publicly available. So it's going to be about the relationship they have. And the story is going to be all about the cute points and the heart heart rend not not rendering i'm not trying to make them cry but like the heart punch of oh my god he and his daughter are so cute and look at how much he loves her and how his face lights up and they're going to buy because of her not because of the investment opportunity but because i figured out their relationship with a charity for kids that happens to sponsor something that my daughter and i happen to go to and i found that like third degree of connection that's what i'll close the deal for us you got to do your homework love it love it all right so I I think that this is already we could wrap up the episode and <laughs> and you know you I, you you pack a punch, okay. So let's really talk about. I know we even uh, talked about camouflage, and we just talked about um, use your kids ha- using the kids. But um, as we discuss separating ourselves, being unique, standing out from the crowd, what other uh, learning lessons can we pull from your experience to help the listener be able to really separate, start to say, now I know how I can separate myself. What, what would you have to say for them? I would say that your personality is the biggest difference in what closes the deal. Because your investors, whatever city they're in, whatever deal you're syndicating, you're not the only choice in town. They've got other places they could put their money, including sticking in the mattress. They really buy you when they buy what you're selling. So if you give a regular PowerPoint that looks just like everybody else's, they can't, there's no reason in their head why they're going to buy. If you give them something they can remember, like I guarantee you, even if we don't get that deal, when I leave that boardroom, they will all be talking, even when they're comparing the seven proposals, they'll be, they won't be talking about my scattergram and return analysis. They'll be talking about my daughter. And if we win, it'll be because of her and I'll give her a cut. Um, So I would say it's all about personality in marketing because most marketing, especially investor marketing is completely boring. So whether that is your kids, whether it's your pets, whether it's a charity that you are passionate about, whether there's a cause that you're aligned with some way to bring that into the presentation. So you don't look like everybody else. So you interrupt their pattern where they're trying to 
disconnect from you and find a reason to reject you. And if you give them a reason to remember you and a reason to stand out, you'll win a lot more deals. And it's been working for me for, wow, since 1999. So 21 years. Thank you for sharing all of this. I know we have one last thing that is going to be epic. That is epic. <laughs> and um, it's, no just, it's talking about the real way that you actually get high net worth individuals into the door. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to take a quick break, though, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses, a way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle, and best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full-time. It's called Fix and List Deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the Fix and List strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the Fix and List strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with the Seth Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, the Seth Green. By the way, it's been good to have you on the show. Man, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. So this way of getting high net worth individuals into your door, I really want you to go into that detail because that's what the listener wants. That's what they're here for. I, we all need to get more high net worth individuals in our door. So how do you do this? So it's a completely contrarian backdoor strategy, but it works incredibly well. So I would tell your listeners and viewers, interview the high net worth individual about themselves on a podcast. So have a show, whether it ever airs or not, or whether you do anything with it is up to you. But if you reach out to them and not, hey, I want to get your money like everybody else does. If you reach out and say, hey, I'm doing an, I'm, I'm doing an interview series on how high net worth it, you know, on how restaurant owners in Podunk, Idaho got to be so successful. You're, everybody I talk to says you're one of the most successful restaurateurs in town. I'd love to interview you and talk about how you did it and how you got to be where you are and what lessons you've learned along the way. They will say yes nine times out of 10 because what's everybody's favorite radio station? WIIFM, what's in it for me? When was the last time they got to talk about themselves for half an hour to an hour and be all about them, right? Their spouse doesn't want to hear it. They, their employees don't want to hear it. So if you give them the chance and don't talk during the interview, just ask questions like you're doing of me, let them talk for half an hour to an hour. At the end of it, they will love you for it. And then you'd be surprised when they say, wow, that was all about me. Tell me about you. And now they don't perceive you as a salesperson trying to get a check. You're like a friend because you gave them whatever mini media exposure you could. You've shown a mini spotlight on them for an hour. They will absolutely love you for it. That's a strategy I used as a financial advisor when I was brand new in the business to land a $100 million pension fund that every advisor in town was pitching for. Instead of showing up on pitch day and pitching, I interviewed the chairman of the board of trustees. There weren't even podcasts back then. This was 20 years ago. I interviewed him for an article for something for a book I was writing. He was the book at the time, but it got me in the door 
And then he said, hey, why don't you come pitch for our pension fund business? And I ended up winning that business because I had a book and everyone else had a business card and a PowerPoint. So if you, and because I got in and got steered because of the relationship I built in that interview and because he loved talking about himself for an hour. So if you can interview them, you'll find you get a whole lot more opportunities where they're asking you, hey, where can I put my money? Hey, what do you got for me? And it changes the dynamic because you're no longer perceived as a salesperson. Yeah. And as a podcast host, I've seen that happen. So if, if anybody's wondering if this happens, I've personally interviewed a lot of past investors and a few of them, not every single one, I, right. I'm not going to exaggerate, but uh, several have said to me um, at the end of an episode or just um, a couple of weeks after it comes out and they're just grateful to hear it and they thought it was a good one. They thought that it was valuable to other people and they felt good that they were lifted up. A lot of them, some of them have reached out to me specifically and just said, hey, let me know when you have a next deal. I'd like yep. to invest with you. And it's, it comes a lot to do with this two ears, one mouth thing. And you're already saying that you're the one asking the questions, not trying to talk because I feel like when we go to events and we're just pitching, 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 you know, Blue Spruce does this with passive investors, gives you this IRR in this amount of time in these type of neighborhoods. Um, people are just, people generally uh, retract but when, what you're saying is you interview them on a show or for a book or for a, you know, you Article, name it, a blog. blog. Yeah. You got it. And, and then you just ask them and you, you got to have genuine interest. You got to be, that's great. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. What really hits You'll your heart? You'll learn buttons? a lot. You could ask them what they're interested in and exactly. what they look for in a deal. And then magically your proposal is going to match that. Yes. I love it. This is this is a topic that has never been talked about on the podcast or any other podcast that I've ever heard. So that was some magic right there. Uh, today, we went over some mistakes that people make. We went over understanding what investors are looking for. We talked about how to separate yourself, even if it's camouflage. And finally, we talked about a ninja strategy that definitely works for me in my business already, even though I wasn't consciously thinking of it. Now you're going to go do it on purpose. It's going to work even better. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I hope that they don't listen to this episode, all the passives, <laughs> right? Right. Good point. <laughs> but that ninja strategy is going to be incredible for anyone who's, who's thinking to himself, I really need to start attracting more capital. If they use these four things that we discussed today, I know they're going to get to the next level. Now, Seth, I want you to talk a little bit about what you specifically do for the listener. If, um, if there's somebody listening that wants to connect with you, how, who can you help and how can you help them? Sure. So they're going to go to marketdominationllc.com. They're going to watch the sizzle video. Our, our trailer, and then they're going to fill out the form and say they want a time to talk to us. And if they came from you, we're happy to jump on a call with them and talk about their business. Um, we can help investors looking to raise capital. We can help place money for investors looking for deals to put money in. Um, we can help entrepreneurs grow their companies. And how we can help them, we do two things really well. We produce those podcasts. Like we'll literally get them the interviews, write the questions, turn it into a show, turn it into a book, turn it into a blog build the relationship for them so that they get in front of the folks they want to get in front of and build that relationship the right way and get plenty of, uh, plenty of capital. And then if they are going 
fast if they need to grow faster than that um we build lead generation websites and drive traffic of accredited investors to those deal websites that uh get people interested enough in your deal to give you their contact information receive your materials and then want to talk more so the best way to do that seth is marketdominationllc.com exactly don't worry if you're listening you don't have to even remember that you just have to scroll down and click scroll down click the links right there and you can talk with the, this guy, Seth Green and his team. He's an eight time best-selling author. He's raised uh, tens and tens of millions of dollars. I think he's around a hundred million in the last seven years alone. Correct. And, um, and honestly, the ninja strategy that you just shared with the audience uh, a little bit ago is fantastic and something I've never heard on any others, but I know that it works. I, I know for sure that it works. And if you're full of these things, if this is what we can get out of, of just a half an hour, if this is what we can get out of just a half an hour, I can't imagine what kind of value uh, we can get from what you're doing with marketdominationllc.com. Uh, so I do suggest if, if you're listening and, and you want a little bit of help growing your brand, uh, go to marketdominationllc.com. That link is in the show notes. Seth, any parting advice? Uh, you covered it. I had a lot of fun. I think this was a blast. Hopefully your folks learned a lot, got some actionable ideas they can implement to uh, raise capital and grow their business. And like you said, if they want to help, we'd be happy to talk at marketdominationllc.com. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. All right. We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, FixAndListSecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on the next episode.